Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. We're happy to have you. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. So today we're going to dig in and talk about pitching. And you know that over at Filthy Rich Writer and the Comprehensive Copywriting Academy, we're all about pitching. Pitching that is very value-based, so it is welcome, um, so that the people that are receiving those pitches are actually glad to get them, which is very different than a lot of the way a lot of the ways that people pitch, which is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how not to pitch. Kate, and we have lots of examples. So exactly, we are going to dig in. (laughs) Um, And I do want to say, first of all, before we get into it or before we start reading any examples, we're not reading examples because we're trying to shame anybody by any means. Um, A lot of people don't know how to pitch well and they're kind of throwing stuff at a wall to see what sticks but that's really not a great way to go about it because as a recipient of these pitches um, I either automatically delete them or if I'm curious I will open them up um, and look at them and it will just I'll be annoyed at how little effort went into this pitch you want my business but it's clear that you're putting in very, very, very little effort. Uh, well, and as with anything, feedback is always an opportunity to strengthen things. You know, no one, anyone, no one writes something that's the best thing ever. Um, there's always going to be opportunities to to improve it and strengthen it and make it better. So, exactly, exactly, and that's one of the reasons why we encourage our students to post their pitches in the Facebook group so that we can give feedback and they can improve their pitches. Um, But there are some broad themes Mm -hmm. that are absolute no-goes, absolute uh, red flags, bad ideas, whatever else you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Um, Kate, what's uh, what's one of the first ones that people should avoid? 
the biggest one I think is um, not being specific in your pitch and having a very templated response to everyone you're pitching. So, you know, you want to get the volume out. So you just kind of recycle the same pitch over and over and over again versus looking at the company you're pitching and showing that you took the time to research them and, and have a specific idea to that organization that they could implement. Um, and, and, you know, that's valuable. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. It's, if you haven't taken the time to at least learn something about my company, then why on earth should I take the time to get in touch with you to answer this pitch? I got um, a pitch a couple of months ago now, and I wish I'd saved it. Uh, I mentioned it in the Facebook group, talked it through with some students, but uh, I should have saved it. Uh, But it was really annoying to me because this guy sent out uh, a pitch and said, hey, you know, um, I wanted you to know that, you know, Facebook ads are a really great opportunity and I'd love to show you some ideas I have for Facebook ads for you, blah, 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 blah. Here's why this is so annoying. We're running Facebook ads. And as a Facebook ad professional, he should know that if he goes into the Facebook ads library, he can very quickly and easily research any company see the ads they're running and and do that research. It's like a matter of minutes at the most. So what this guy demonstrated to me in his email was that number one, he didn't do any research on our company. And number two, maybe he's not even savvy enough of a Facebook marketer, of a, a Facebook ads quote unquote expert to go to know that the Facebook mm-hmm. ads library is in there where he could so quickly and easily do that research. So not only did it um, did it come across as very, uh, very generalized, um, but it was it really did him a disservice because it showed that he was not a Facebook professional. And that's not the kind of person I would want to work with. If someone had said, hey, you know, um, you know, been following your company and, and blah, 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 blah. And I took a look at some of the ads that you're running and I have some ideas or some thoughts or whatever, that would be a totally different game. But what he very clearly demonstrated to me, because I'm sure it was a a mass email that he sends out, the templated email he sends out to everybody. What he very clearly demonstrated was that he's not an expert and that's not the kind of person I want to work with. Yeah. And side note, we'll put it in the notes of this podcast, but bookmark the Facebook ads library if you have not already. That's such a great tool. Um, and if you're going to pitch anyone on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it is, you want to you want to have this and, and check it out and make sure you know what they're doing first before you before you send through your idea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And Kate, do you want to read that, the, the text of another yes. one that we got? Yes, yes, yes. And again, we're not, not shaming anyone here, uh, it, but we want you to give you examples so that you can see what not to do. This is a, mm-hmm. a learning opportunity and no shame, but I think it is really helpful for you guys to have examples. So it says, Hey, greetings. I just love the great online place you're running. And I feel they touch the realm of my work and expertise. So the good thing there I would say is she's being positive, which is nice and friendly. So 
take that for what it's worth. I am reaching out to check if you are accepting content from guest contributors. If you do publish content from guest authors, I would love an opportunity to be one of them and continue our streak of publications to relevant sites in the industry. I am open to suggestions and I want to thank you for your time. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Best regards. So where to start? Mm, where to start? Where I to think start? The, the big thing for me that stands out, and I know you don't have this in front of you, but um, the line that says, I am open to suggestions. Yes. Um, she's the one pitching you. And so if she wants to be a guest contributor, hey, I have this idea for insert topic. Doesn't need to, you know, flesh out the full idea and, you know, because you're not giving away your copy for free. You don't want to write copy for people and not get paid for it. Mm-hmm. But her to have an idea or two to say, Hey, I noticed you have a lot of, um, blog posts about, Oh God, what don't we have a blog post about? I'm so <laughs> theorist writer, <laughs> but say, you know, pitching, I noticed you had all these great blog posts on pitching, but you don't have one that, um, speaks to, to elements that make a great pitch, which I'm, I'm sure we do, but, um, say that that was the research she had done. And that's kind of the whole she found that here, I could fill this. I have a great post that I could contribute to you. Here's my Mm -hmm. idea. Um, It doesn't have to make this pitch much longer, but it would add exactly what this person is pitching to add value versus saying, I'm open to suggestions and putting it on you as the business owner to provide her with ideas, which you don't have time for that. Yeah. She's asking to be a guest blogger or asking me to put a guest post on our site. And she's asking me to do the work of giving her ideas. Yeah. It's, it's shocking, (laughs) shocking Mm -hmm. that someone thinks that that would be reasonable. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also when I didn't read the subject line, sorry. Yeah. Um, it's, maybe 10 asterisks and then all caps guest post opportunity and then another 10 asterisks <laughs> after it. Yeah. But the opportunity is for her. It's her opportunity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an opportunity for me. She didn't even talk about any way in which it would benefit me. You. Yeah. So why would I want to work with someone? Why would we want to bring on someone to write guest posts if it's not going to benefit us in any way? And then to the, the, uh, the first line is so generic. Was it yeah, so like- I just love the great online place you're running, and I feel they touch the realm of my work and expertise, which grammatically is a little problematic. But to your point, you could say that to any online business. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure um, she does. Again, great friendly tone, but what about filthy rich writer, if this is who she's pitching, which it is, um, what about it does she love and find so great about it would be really helpful to understand, oh, okay, she's actually gone to the website. Yeah, because there are no specifics, my assumption is that she hasn't done any research, that she's never interacted with us before, that she did some search, we came in up on some search, and she sent us an email immediately. Mm-hmm. It's that that's one of the reasons that we really focus on, like Kate was saying, enthusiasm, like that general or general, um, genuine is the word we're looking for. Uh, that genuine enthusiasm and positivity is really important. And we definitely want you to put that in your pitches. But at the same time, you need to use specific examples that you will garner through research of what you like about this company, not just like, hey, I really like your company. Like, all right, super. I really like 
cereal. I don't know why that was my example, but you know what I mean. Because cereal's great. Cereal's great. <laughs> um, now I want cereal. Uh, what is it about my company, our company, that you like? What what life we- is very different than fruity pebbles. It's <laughs> We're going to go down a rabbit hole here. Um, (laughs) But what is it? What what have we posted that you've liked? Did you see something on Instagram that you really agreed with? Did you read a blog post that you really liked? Have you seen a video? Have you listened to a, a podcast episode? What is it? that you are enthusiastic about. And that's Mm -hmm. when you guys are putting together your pitches. That's where you want to start with that enthusiasm and that positivity, but also tied to something real that shows that you actually do follow this company or research this company. Mm Because it's really easy to say, yeah, I like your company and not know anything about it. Absolutely. And I want to go back to the subject line because the asterisk, if you if you type it out on your computer, like 10 asterisks and then guest blog post opportunity in all caps and another 10 asterisks, you'll kind of visually see that that looks, it looks like a spam subject line, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you go to your spam fil- folder, that's a good place to get ideas for kind of what to avoid. Um, you know, are there common trends in your spam folder that show things that clearly are getting picked up by the spam filter because their mass emails are generic or have 10 asterisks in the subject line that make it look a little. Yeah. I don't want to open spam. I mean, I did happen to open this one because it was such an absurd subject line, but I also am always looking for examples of how not to pitch to share with our students. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's actually, it's amazing. I did get through our spam filters, uh, but mm-hmm. that's not what people want in subject lines. People want a very clear subject line that says who you are and what you have to offer. And for it to feel human, you know, this feels a little bit like, um, you know, there's, the, is this a person writing this, uh, which speaking of, she doesn't get into who she is. We don't know what her experience is. Is she a copywriter? Is she a content writer? Is she someone who's been doing this for a while? Is she from a company or an agency or representing something or what? There's, you know, no context. You don't need a lot of context, but at least a line or so that says kind of who you are and and how you relate to that business. You know, if you're pitching a business, say you're in Seattle, hey, as a Seattle resident um, and copywriter, I love blah, 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 blah. And this is what I noticed or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and she says that it's, her work is, you say, connected to her realm of expertise, something like that. Okay, so yes. prove it. Yeah. What's your realm yeah. of expertise? I got nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Is she in this industry? Is she also teaching people how to write copy? What's the realm of expertise? Yeah. yeah. It's a very interesting wording. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah. And it, it could be that, that she's not a native English speaker, which is perfectly fine. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that might be part of the reason that that realm of expertise sounds a little odd. But the bigger problem, aside from the wording, the bigger problem, if she'd said realm of expertise, but then also told me what her realm of expertise was, then it wouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I want to say, too, that uh, what you'll probably see in pitch emails even more commonly is stuff like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I build apps, get in touch with me now. 
and you see it again and again. And it's literally just mass emailed out. They are throwing stuff at a wall. Yeah. I can read you one if you'd like. I've got one. I've got, yeah, I've got a couple actually that are very, they're very short, but they're clearly in this realm of what you're talking about. Very generic, spammy, gimmicky, um, So I just made an audit of your website, katesitars.com, and find out that you can really increase your traffic and sales with a better ranking on search engines, just like your competition does at Forum on their website that, you know, doesn't capture these things. Um, I have no idea who, who, who they really are. This company, I've never, if I've never heard of this company, it's not, you know, like a, a Microsoft or an Apple where, oh yes, I know exactly who you are. It's, I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and am I going to take the time to find out? Probably not. No, because um, you don't know what you would get out of it. Exactly. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, the biggest thing is the, what, what is the benefit? Am I, you know. Yeah. And you can also sell a 10, I mean, obviously that's, that's a, a mass email, but you, you get things that are like, Hey, we can get you more customers. And you're like, yeah, I don't actually. I don't have customers. Yes, I got one of those too. It was about re- it was similar. Yeah, I noticed that you're not running Google remarketing on your website, which why would I on my portfolio website? I, I mean, I guess there might be a reason, but the most affordable advertising is marketing to previous web viewers who didn't convert. But convert how? How? I'm not selling anything on my website. Yeah. So it means tracking and engaging these lost customers. They were once on your site. Uh, they're on your site once and may only meet a reminder of your services and business. Can I help you grab these low hanging fruits? Um, first of all, educating me, I know, I know what remarketing ads are. And if you went to my site, you know, I'm in marketing, I'm a copywriter. So I know what that is. Um, but what would that mean for me? I get what that might mean for other people. Um, but what would that mean for me? Um, a reminder of your services and business again, they're not even saying what, my services and business are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So those are some pretty egregious examples. Yeah, those are um, <laughs> yeah, like, aggressively bad. Yeah. Um, I want to talk too about a couple of examples that might at first sound like they're a direction you want to go. Ooh. Um, so here's one. Uh, my name is Sam and I'm reaching out to see if you need help boosting engagement on your Facebook page or Tom, I saw your blog hasn't been updated in a while. Are you looking for a writer? My name is Andy and I'm looking and I'm reaching out to see if you need some help updating your blog with quality articles. Here's the problem. With all of those, it is very sales focused and it's very focused on you. Instead of and it people's immediate reaction when they get an email like this is to be like, "No, god, I don't, I don't want to hire you. Please get out of my inbox. That's not the kind of pitching that you want to be doing. The kind of pitching that you want to be doing is very unsalesy, is very, um, very friendly and very value focused. And yes, like, okay, if you help boost, do you need help boosting engagement on your Facebook page? But that's not even the end benefit, you know, like what's the end benefit of boosting engagement on my Facebook page? So Instead of, and hi, John, I saw your blog hasn't been updated in a while. Are you looking for a writer? Like, no, I'm not. With all of those too, it's a yes or no question. I think anytime you use a yes or no question, try to get rid of it because the answer might be no. And then Dolly, Mm -hmm. 
And exactly. if it's yes, it's like, yes, but, and what? Yeah. Yes. I need her. But, but what, what next? Yeah. Exactly. But what? It, exactly. Yeah. But why should I choose you? Like they've clearly mm-hmm. done the base level of research, but nothing beyond that. Um, whereas the way we teach pitching is you do that research and you come in very enthusiastic, but instead of being like, Hey, I want work from you. You come in by presenting an idea. You've done some research, so you have an idea of something that they could do that would benefit your business. Oh, by the way, I'm a copywriter and I could do this for you. If you want to get on a call, you know, not if you want to get on a call, but it, you know, if you have some time to get on a call, I'd love to chat with you. This is very, it's all about giving. You're not telling them how to do it. You're not telling them how to write copy by any means ever, um, but you are giving them an idea of what of how their business could be benefited and how you could be the person to help build their business, to benefit their business. Mm -hmm. That's the other key to these. Why you? There's so many copywriters and maybe they've had other copywriters reach out to them. Maybe they've worked with copywriters before. Um, So making sure you get in some sort of, you know, mini USP potentially of Mm -hmm. why you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But when you make a pitch email, like in those examples and that actually really in all the examples we've done today. So maybe that's the theme. When you make a pitch email about yourself, it's never going to end well. Mm-hmm. When you make a pitch email about the company, focused on the company, focused on what you like about the company, focused on an idea you had, Hey, I really like your company. Here's an idea. I really think this idea could help your company in X, Y, Z way. It's so much people who get emails like that, and I think you can feel there's a difference to that. The people who get the the pitches that our students write are so much more open to them and, and a lot of times grateful to get the pitch emails because it's not about what can I get from you? It's about how can I help you? What value can I bring to the table? And it's not like, I have an idea, but you have to get in touch with me to find out what the idea is. Mm-hmm. It's, hey, I had an idea and I love your son company so much. I just wanted to share the idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, if you like the idea, I can help you do it because I'm a copywriter. But it's it's so giving oriented and so value oriented that it, it's, it's goodwill in a way. It's, You're it's- identifying a need they might not have even have known that they had mm-hmm. for many of them. Mm-hmm, like, exactly. oh, you just pointed out this gap or hole in my my marketing. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing is too, is that when you're writing in that way that is so giving oriented and so, so oriented in a way to benefit their business, even if they don't want to move forward with that idea, or maybe even if they don't need a copywriter at that moment, they're so much more likely to hang on to your email you know, put it into a folder or maybe forward it to someone they know who does need a copywriter than the other types of pitches. The other types of pitches, one of the reasons why people send those types of pitches in in, in mass, en masse, uh, is because so few people actually respond to them. But when you write out a really quality pitch, you get a higher response rate because first of all, it's a, it's a, a genuine uh, helpful email. 
So you get a higher response rate and you get a much more positive response rate where with the other ones, you're probably going to get a lot of like, please don't contact me again mm -hmm. or that kind of thing. Take me off your list. Um, with our kind of pitch emails, it's, it's just you're making a genuine connection and you are, you are showing yourself as a, uh, a trusted expert and a potential partner for them, a potential resource for them. Like, hey, I have a lot to offer. Here I am. Also, here's an idea. Yeah, absolutely. I think remembering that you're a human talking to another human is really key because I think some of us sit down and we're like, we have to go into business mode and write with certain words or else they're going to think I'm a fraud. And it's really just write how you would want to receive an email from a friend or, you know, that you would be excited to open because it's, it's not spam because it is, it's like finding mail in your mailbox because that's so rare now where you're like, Ooh, someone sent me a real card and it's from a real person. It's similar with, with email, especially now because there is so much mass email that it's like, Ooh, this is, this is a, a delight because it's not, it's it's a real human name in the the from line and the subject line feels very real and not um, just part of a marketing campaign. Like it's that gem of an email in your inbox that you're going for. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I love that point. I think so many of us remember the days of of putting together resumes and cover letters and you know going to the bookstore going to the library and getting a book about a cover letter that's dear sir or madam yeah. I am writing to apply for the job of blah 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 and as someone who has received those cover letters it's like oh god I can't read another one of these you know you skim through because they're so tedious they're just like I don't want to read it <laughs> 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 but when you write an email that is, that it is, it's, it's, it's your personality. It's light. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's enthusiastic. It doesn't have to be fun, but like, it's light. It's, it's enthusiastic and it's genuine. And you're like, Hey, I really like your company. Here's why. Also, by the way, I had this really great idea. Here's why I think it would benefit your company. If you want to talk about it, I'd love to help you with it. Let's get on a call. Like, Oh, the vibe is so different. Mm -hmm. Um, I know too that sometimes students are a little bit, or just the copywriters are a little bit concerned that if they email people they don't know, it's going to be spam. Is that a concern they should have? No. Um, <laughs> as you said that, I just thought of, so for example, uh, yesterday I just got an email from, um, it was basically a referral, but it's someone I don't know. Um, and they're basically asking me, hey, can we get on a call? Because I need some copywriting help. Um, I'm not mad about that email. So it's the same going the other way. If I'm pitching them and offering, you know, hey, here's this need you might have that I'm happy to talk to you more about. Um, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That that spam or if you are um, some of our friends from overseas, GDPR, uh, I guess specifically it covers Australia and New Zealand, but definitely Europe. Oh, I realize I didn't um, answer your question, actually. <laughs> thanks, Kate. I know. I'll I answer say... my own question. <laughs> you shouldn't feel worried that they'll feel like it's spam. Will the Googles and everything else of the world feel like it's spam? No, but <laughs> go on. Thanks. I'll get back to answering my own question. Get back to answering your question. Uh, <laughs> No, so yeah, it's 
it because it's a one-to-one, you're sending out one email to one person, you don't have to be concerned about it. You're not opting people into a mass mailing list. Mm-hmm. That's also part of the reason you don't want to send mass yeah. emails to people. And you don't want to take people's, if you have a mailing list, uh, I mean, like an actual, I send a list and it goes out to 10,000 people. Um you don't want to just automatically add people to your list. That is spamming. And of course, if you send an email to someone and, you know, for whatever reason, they're having a bad day or they never email me again. Yeah. (laughs) If you happen to get one of those people, which thank goodness you don't get them as a client. um, If you happen to get one of those people, then just don't email them again. Make a note not to follow up with them. Exactly. Um, But, you know, when you are emailing people on a one-to-one basis, you are not violating spam laws or GDPR or any of that kind of stuff. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And not worrying about them thinking you're spam either. If it's a, yes, a quality exactly. pitch. Exactly. The, the, the higher the quality is of the pitch, first of all, the, the more responses you're going to get back and the more positive responses you're going to get back. But yeah, if when you're writing a, a genuine, well-researched, well-written pitch email, um, you're not going to get nearly as many you're not going to get two people sitting on a podcast talking about (laughs) reading your copy and saying can you believe somebody sent this to me Mm -hmm. again I feel like I need to say this again we're not shaming these people they have not been through training clearly have not been through training about how to write a good pitch Um, but the thing is when you really once you learn it it's almost easier to write a good pitch yeah. than it is to write a bad pitch. And you certainly want a good pitch to be what people associate you with. And as a copywriter, yeah, you have to write good pitches. Yeah. It's, it is your marketing material for yourself. So yeah, you do have to put in a little bit of time. Uh, and the first couple will take you a while. Yes, absolutely. Um, But you will get faster at it and you'll find things that you can reuse from email to email. And you don't have to, you're not reinventing the wheel every time you start a new pitch email, you will get faster. Um, But it's- And then you can pitch the people that have bad pitches and help (laughs) them improve their pitches. Pitch the spammers and help them make it easier to to scam all of us. Exactly. (laughs) You do that every (laughs) once in a while. Do you get those phishing emails and you're like, why don't they just hire a copywriter? Yeah. (laughs) At least let me proofread it. Right. So not what any of us would ever do. But I I do find myself thinking like, God, criminals, just hire a copywriter. (laughs) And that's the advice for today. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, (laughs) but really with that, um, take the time and write great pitch emails. It's so much, uh, so much more beneficial in the long run. So there you have it. Another episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And with any luck, learn something new. Uh, We will catch you next week. Bye everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.